Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. Last week on Easter, man, what a great, great day we had for Easter, man. Wasn't it a tremendous day last, last week, man, last Sunday? It was just a, a great weekend. It was. A great weekend, just record numbers from the Easter egg hunt to the sunrise service to our two morning services. And uh, man, people giving their lives to Jesus Christ in both services last week. It was just a great and wonderful day. And I started a new series last Sunday called This or That. And, and really quick, just to, to review that, I told you that when God created humanity, he gave us this wonderful gift of choice. He chose not to force us to live in reverence and in awe of him. He chose not to force us to trust him. Even though he wants that, he did not force that on us. And Adam and Eve, when given the choice, uh, they, they chose to eat from the wrong tree in the garden. You see, the fruit uh, of the tree of life, which we were free to eat from, was, was grace and mercy and forgiveness. But the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is shame, blame, and bitterness. And every day we wake up and we make a decision. We make a choice. We choose this or we choose that. We choose as to which tree we are going to live out of. And, and I told you, life has many choices, but eternity only has two. And the cross of Christ requires us to choose one of the other two crosses. You will either be like the one thief that mocked Christ until his end, or you will be like the thief that trusted Christ with his eternity. And, and Christ looked at him and said, and today you will be with me in paradise. Life began with the choice between two trees, and everlasting life or eternal separation from God begins with the choice between the two trees and the two crosses that were on each side of Christ. An elderly man was driving down the interstate, and his cell phone rang. Answering, he heard his wife's voice urgently warning him. She said, Herman, I just heard on the news that there's a car going the wrong way on I-75. Please be careful. And he responded to his wife. He said, honey, it's not just one car. It's hundreds of cars. <laughs> if they didn't laugh beside you, they didn't get it. And uh, they'll laugh in about five minutes. They'll finally, finally get the joke. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered if a decision that you are making right now is going to send you in the wrong direction? Have you ever wondered that? I know Mandy and I right now faced with some decisions and we're wondering what to do. Is this the right path? Is this the wrong path? Are, are there decisions that you have made in life that cause you to seek God and hit your knees more than usual? Have there been moments like that in your life? And if not, then I'm telling you there should be. There should be moments in life when it requires you to draw closer to God. Because you don't want to make certain decisions in life without seeking God and seeking the wisdom of Christ and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you. So if not, if something hasn't driven you to your knees, it needs to drive you to your knees. Maybe that's the reason why your budget is stretched thin. Maybe you need to seek direction before you buy that car. Maybe you need to seek God's wisdom before you buy that house or before you open that new credit card account. Maybe, maybe you need to ask God for direction before you change jobs or accept that promotion. I mean, it looks good from a distance, but maybe you really need to get on your knees and you need to seek God before you accept that. Or, or what would your life look like if you sought God's approval before you started or ended a relationship? 
What would that look like? How different would your life look right now if you actually went to God and said, God, do you want me to divorce this one? Or do you want me to break up with this one? Or God, do you want me to go out with this person? Or do you want me to marry this person? What, what would your life look like? How different would it be? You see, I've always created mountains out of molehills when it comes to decisions in my life. And I'm not ashamed of that. Not ashamed of that at all. I've always done that. I've always made small decisions turn into big, big, uh, you know, ordeals in my life. From big decisions all the way to the small ones. I will take my time to make sure that it is God's direction for my family. And, And I can tell you this. I do it for this church also. I do it for this church. As a matter of fact, we waited a little bit too long to go to two services because I, I was really, really just, just hoping and praying that God would give me just an answer that we needed. He eventually did, but I think he absolutely just had to hit me over the head with it before we finally decided that it was time to go to two services because I will take my time. And, and I'm telling you, I don't apologize for that. I just don't. It started even before I was married. I, I remember when I was 19 years old and I wanted to buy a new truck. Never had a new truck. Had, a, had my first car, and that was it. And so I, I had a good job, and, and, um, and I, I decided I was, I was going to go buy me a, you know, a good little truck. And so I went down to the Ford dealership, and they, uh, they put the, the keys in my hand to a little Ford Ranger. Ford Ranger. And, and I, I remember that, 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 that truck to this day, man. It was, I, I looked at it. It was all shiny on that you know, round tree moor Ford over there in, 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 in Lake City. And it was a shiny on that part. It looked good, man. It, the thing looked great. And here's what they did. I'm 19 years old. They put the keys in my hand on a Friday afternoon and tell me to take it for the weekend. <laughs> they knew exactly what they were doing. You know what I did? I rode from there and, and I went to my future father-in-law's house. I did. I went and I, I talked with him and I said, man, I, I need some help here. You, I need you to help me to make a decision. And, and, and he helped me. He walked me through some things. You know, here's, here's the only responsibilities you have in life. You're making good money. You can have this paid off if you'll only finance it for three and a half years. And, 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 and man, I mean, just walking me through all of that because I was seeking that advice and that wisdom. And so I, I went back on Monday. I traded in my old vehicle and I bought that truck. I did. Through the years, Mandy and I, we've had to make the decision to buy or sell our house a few times. And I can assure you that those decisions are not made quickly or easily. But it's not just the big decisions in life. We seek wisdom and God's guidance for small decisions too. You see, it took me two years to decide on which widescreen HD TV that I wanted to buy. You think I'm kidding. For two years, I stopped by Circuit City and Best Buy in Tampa every day. They knew me by name in in the TV department. I mean, they did. I would go by for two years looking at these TVs, pulling up consumer reports and everything else until finally I had enough money to where I could pay cash for that thing. We've had the same living room furniture for about 14 years, I think. Is that that about right? 14 years we've had the same leather love seat and couch, man. And and, and it's because we've decided we don't want to buy something on credit. And so we're just not going to do it until we're ready to come off the money and go out and buy it. You know, that, that... That's what we're going to live with. And I I can tell every year my wife is getting closer and closer to wanting to buy a new one. Uh, my, My kids, they were nine years old before we finally made the hard and tough decision to get a dog. Nine years old before we finally made that call for them to get a dog. And I still wonder if we miss God on it. I do. 
we don't make spur of the moment decisions at the McKinley home. We just don't. And I advise you, you should not do that either. When it comes to this or when it comes to that, we seek wisdom and direction, even on the small decisions of life. Uh, but sometimes in life, this or that can be a little confusing. Anybody else ever, you know, you find yourself in that situation? You just don't know. You're trying. You want to make the right decision, but you just don't know what the right decision is. You want to do right. You want to make the right call for your family, but the pathway just seems a little foggy. And so without that clarity, you don't know which way to go. And God may have given us the free will to choose, especially when it comes to, to our eternity. He has given us the free will to choose, but he will never refuse to give you direction if you seek it. And somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to know no matter how small or how big the decision is in your life that you are about to make, God will never refuse to give you the direction that you need. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. How many of you want to know that you're walking on a straight path? Amen. I, I want to see it. I want to know what's out in front of me. Psalm 32 and 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Psalm 37 and 23 says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. And finally, Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. How many of you need to know some great and hidden things? They're hidden from you right now, but God says, when you call to me, I will make those things known to you. I will reveal those things to you. You don't have to guess at God's will for your life. If you invite him into the discussion and listen closely, God will give you direction. He's not going to leave you out there wondering, but you've got to be willing to say, God, come into this situation, come into my life, come into to my current circumstances, and now I'm just going to sit and wait for a while until you show me what I need to do. I've said it many times. If God isn't speaking, maybe he is. If God's not speaking, maybe he is. Maybe he's telling you, just stay put until I give you further instructions. And so you just need to, to just stop and just wait. And in the book of Judges, we find a man who desperately needed divine direction for his life. Everything that we know about this man is recorded in three chapters in God's word. You see, this was during a time when Israel was oppressed by the Midianites and it forced the Israelites to hide out in mountain clefts and in caves. They couldn't grow their fields out publicly because the Midianites would come in and they would, they would take all of their produce. And they would just come in and just destroy their land. And God begins to raise up a very unlikely candidate to be used by him. You see, some of you today, you, you've come in here and you're thinking to yourself, God, God can't use me. I, I, I've already made too many mistakes. I, I didn't listen for him for this or for that. And, and, and so he, I, I just don't think that he can use me. And I'm telling you, this was a very unlikely candidate. This was not the one that was going to be on all the political posters to lead Israel. It was during a time when God was using what, he, what the Bible refers to as judges. And, and though they did decide on legal matters, they were also uh, great warriors 
warriors. They, they, they would lead military charges. And, and, and these were great, great men. And, and, and even a woman was in there also. And, 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 and I'm telling you, this person was not who you thought. I mean, we've heard the story of Samson. Samson was a judge, but Samson had great strength. And so we expect God to use somebody like that in that capacity. But this guy, by the name of Gideon, is not the likely candidate. He's not who you think God would use, but God chooses to speak to him and to his life. And an angel of the Lord visits Gideon and, and the angel calls him a mighty warrior and tells him that God is with him. And Gideon responds as only we could, uh, we would respond the same way if we were faced in a situation like that. And, and Gideon looks at the angel and says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why are we oppressed by the Midianites right now? Why, why has this happened? And and he says, where is the God that rescued our forefathers out of Egypt? Where is he? And, and the angel then tells Gideon that God is going to use him, use Gideon to save Israel. And, and Gideon responds by telling the angel that there's got to be a mistake. He says, you're talking to me? God's going to use me. This can't be right. This has to be a mistake. He says, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. He says, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. In other words, I come from a litter of Yorkshire terriers and I'm the run of the litter. That's what he says. We're, we're small, we're, we're, we're not that great, we're not great warriors, and I'm the least of, of my tribe. You, you must have the wrong guy. And God directed Gideon to gather the Israelite troops to defeat the, the Midianite invaders. But Gideon needed to be sure that it was really God's voice that he was hearing and that he was understanding God's directions. And so we pick it up in Judges chapter 6, verse 16 says, and the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Listen to what he says. He says, your army is going to be so organized and so great that when you go to strike the Midianites, it's going to be like one body, like one blow is coming against them. You shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Listen to, listen to what Gideon is saying. He's saying, listen, I know that God is speaking to my life right now, but this is a big deal. This is a huge step for my life. There are people that they are going to laugh at me for leading this charge. For, for, for me to step up and become the judge of Israel, there's going to be people that they just will not buy into it. They're not going to think that it's going to be from, from the tribe of Manasseh and, 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 and from the lowliest of, of the tribe, me. He said, they're just, they're just not going to. So, so God, if this is really you speaking, I need a sign. Let's go to verse 36 now. Verse 36, then Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so when he rose early 
When, when he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only, and all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground there was dew. Gideon asked God for a sign. God, I need to know that this is your will. If you're going to save Israel and I'm going to be the one that you use to lead this charge, then, then I need to know that, that this is you speaking. And so he takes a piece of wool and, and he lays it out on the ground overnight. And he asked God, he said, I want you to make that wool wet and let all the ground, all the ground be covered with dew around it, but, but just let that be saturated. And when he wakes up that morning, it, 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 it came to pass and, and he squeezes out that fleece, that wool fleece, he squeezes it out so much so that he could fill up a bowl with water in it. And you're thinking, man, that, that's proof right there. That's proof. But then he says, no, no, I need, I need more proof, God. I, I need to know that I know that I know that this is you. Uh, you know, I, I need to be sure that I'm hearing the voice of God because he didn't know if he was hearing the voice of God or if it was last night's burrito talking. He didn't know what the difference was there. He just didn't. He says, God, I need to be sure. So Gideon asked God for another sign. And this time it was to keep the fleece dry while all of the ground was wet around it. The complete opposite of what happened the night before. And again, God complied and Gideon was finally convinced that God meant what he said and that the nation of Israel would have victory uh, because the angel of the Lord had promised them that this was going to happen. Now let me talk to you about this. Because I've noticed through the years, I've talked a lot about laying a fleece out before the Lord, and people will come to me and say, Pastor, can you explain that to me? Can you tell me what that means? And I was raised in church. My dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. And so sometimes I just assume that everybody knows what I know, and, and I'm very fluent in Christianese, and, and, and some of you are not. And, and I want you to understand this principle of, of, of God's Word and how this works in our lives. I've heard people say that putting out a fleece is evidence of immature faith. That seeking a sign from God on important issues in life is not a sign of a complete and total trust in God. And they always go to the New Testament where Jesus basically commands his followers not to seek signs. But he was talking about the end of the age when he was referring to that. And so you can't take that out of context. And so I've heard people say, don't, don't do that. Don't test God. You have to have total trust in God. Well, Forgive me, if you will, just forgive my weakness because there are times in my life when I want to make sure and I want to double check and sometimes I even want to triple check that I'm listening to the right voice. John 10 and 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Well, that's all I'm doing. When I lay a fleece out before God, I am just checking and double checking and triple checking. I, I need to know that I know that I know that God is behind this because how many of you know the enemy will put some plans in your life too? Satan will open some doors for you. The wrong doors. Doors for you to walk through and it will get you completely off track of where God has your life heading and where God wants you to end up. 
I do believe this, though. I believe that the longer that we listen, the more we grow and we mature in the conversation with God and we learn to listen, I believe it becomes easier for us to hear him. I'll tell you, this church is a product of a fleece that I laid out before God. When I felt like God was leading me to plant a church on the outskirts of Gainesville, I knew it would be somewhere outside of Gainesville, Florida. We were living in Tampa and Mandy and I had already made a couple of trips up here and we were looking around looking for a storefront to where we could start Destiny Community Church. And my prayer was, God, we need a building rent-free for six months. If this church is ever going to get off the ground, we need a building rent-free for six months. And, and I thought I found it in Alachua. All of you that drive from Alachua every week and, and from High Springs over in that area, man, you guys are so faithful. And we've got people that drive from all over. But, but those of you, you are so close to being really close to your church. I mean, really close. Really. I hate to tell you that, but it was, it was because there was a building, there was a storefront. And the guy that owned the building my brother used to work for him, and they were, they were good friends. And so I had my brother call him and say, man, I need to get in touch with this guy. And, and we started talking, and we went and we looked around the building. Man, do you remember that day that we looked around the building? And it needed some work, but, man, it was going to be a place to where we could rent. We could set up and stay, uh, you know, set up in there. We wouldn't have to tear down, and it, it, it wouldn't hold us now. But, 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 I mean, it was a good place to get started. And I thought for sure, my fleece is going to be answered. That's what I thought. My fleece is finally going to be answered. I had friends in, in ministry telling me, you don't want to lay that fleece out there. You're tying the hands of God. But I looked at it completely different. I wasn't tying the hands of God. I was making it very specific so that I knew that I was not making a mistake. Because if God did what I needed him to do, I knew that was the right door and we were going to walk through it. Otherwise, I was, staying, I was going to keep my rear in Tampa, Florida, and I was just going to stay there until the right door opened. That's what I was going to do. And so... We started talking with this guy. He says, well, let me call you. I'll, I'll call you back. We toured the building. He said, let me call you, and, and uh, I'm going to talk it over with my wife. And I thought, this is it. His wife is going to be the one. His wife is going to say, man, let's, let's just let him have it for a year, you know, rent-free for a year. I get the phone call back. He tells me, well, we talked about it, and we've got a good deal for you. How's 1500 a month sound? that's fair that's fair I'll get back with you and man I went back and I hit my knees I said God that's not what I asked for God if this is your plan for our life if this is your plan for how this church needs to get started then I need to know that you are opening the door God I need a building rent-free for six months and it was a Saturday morning I was out in the yard working in the yard in, in, in Tampa in our, at our house in Tampa and I was I was mowing the grass and my phone rings, and I didn't hear it ring. I come in to get a glass of water, and, and I look at my phone. I missed a call, and I, so I listened to the message. And it was the evangelism director for the state of Florida. And I, and I pick, picked up the phone, and, and well, I was listening to, to his, his uh, message that he left me, and he said, Rocky, it's imperative that you call me immediately. He said, I'm about to get on a cruise ship and I'm going to be, you know, gone for a week and I'm not going to be able to talk to you, but you need to call me because we've got a building for you. So, man, I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, I said, you know, tell me what's going on. What, what is this about? He said, how far is Newberry from where you want to plant a church? 
I said, well, it's about the same distance outside of, of Gainesville. He said, well, we've got a building. You ain't got nobody to go in the building, but we've got a building for you, rent-free, for as long as you want to stay there. Okay, God, I'm listening. That was my fleece that I laid out before God. You want to know why Destiny Community Church started in Newberry and not Alachua or High Springs or Trenton or Bronson or Archer or anywhere else? And the only reason it happened is because God said, I see your fleece and I will answer that for you. I will let you know exactly where I want you to start. And that building was directly across the street from this school and we started right there. We had, I believe it was 15 people our first night there and eight of them were related to me. And it was just, yeah, that's where we started, right there. About a month and a half later, we opened the doors and had our first service and from there it, is, it has just been God blessing and adding to this church. But that was my fleece. So let me ask you this, why do we live in fear that our honest uncertainties will somehow offend God? Why do we live in that kind of fear? Why are we so nervous about our uncertainties? Don't you know that God already knows what's happening in your mind and in your heart? It's not catching him off guard that you have some uncertainties in your life, things that, that you don't quite have the, the right answer for, and it doesn't scare God. So laying your fleece out before God, it doesn't offend him. It does not scare him. It doesn't say that you don't trust him. On the contrary, it screams that you just want to be certain of his direction and that you need him to speak to you and for him to open the right doors because you're not going to listen to a stranger's voice, but you're listening for your shepherd's voice. Don't you think for one second that that scares God. If my kids are unsure of what to do, I would rather them ask me and to make the right decision than to assume and make the wrong decision. Because you know what happens when we assume, right? Let's just keep moving on. Let's keep moving. His word says, ask and you shall receive. And so we have lived our lives asking, saying, God, here's our fleece. And sometimes it's yes, and sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's clear, this is where you want to go. And when the moments are unclear, that's us realizing that God is just saying no for that moment. There was a girl in my youth group in Tampa by the name of Sarah. Sarah was raised by a single mom because her dad died in a plane crash before she was born. Her mom was a physician's assistant, worked at the VA hospital in Tampa, and had a very adventurous spirit. This is an amazing woman. Not only did she raise this daughter on her own and, and with the, the community of the church that, that she raised her in, I mean, she allowed different people to speak into her life, and, and, and it was just fantastic. And, but she would take Sarah on mission trips sometimes. She loved, loved going on medical mission trips, and this, this mom was so adventurous with that. One Wednesday night after church, I could tell that young Sarah was emotional. And her mom came to me, and she said, we need to talk with you. And I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know, you know, what was happening. And so we ended up meeting at a restaurant. And, and I remember sitting there in that booth and we're all talking. And, and her mom proceeded to tell me about this opportunity that she had to go and work for the U.S. government in a country called 
Azerbaijan in the Middle East, a small little country in the Middle East. And, and this was at a time when, I mean, it was, it was very trying times in the Middle East. It was going to be a, a great opportunity for this adventurous mother. But obviously, as you can imagine, this teenage girl was not crazy about the idea since she was about to enter into her senior year of high school. She didn't want to move to the Middle East and live there. And all of her friends are getting ready to graduate. And so I sit there in that restaurant listening to both sides. I'd listen to the mom and, and I could tell, man, this was her heart. This is what she wanted to do. It's probably even what she was created to do. And then I would listen to this, this daughter, Sarah, talk about all of the dreams that she had and how she wanted to be there. And after about an hour of talking about the pros and cons, I looked at her mom and I said, Bridget, you need to lay a fleece out before the Lord. And she gave me this look. I'll never forget it. My dog has this look. I'll say, outside? And my dog will go. You ever had your dog do that? You ever had your kids do that? You'll say something, they're like, like, what? And I said, you need to lay a fleece out before the Lord. And Bridget, the mom goes, a what? I said, you need some clear direction. And I don't have that answer for you, but God does. I said, you need to lay a fleece out before the Lord. And then I explained to her what a fleece was and what it represented. And her mom agreed to lay a fleece out before the Lord. And, and it was very specific. It was simple, but man, it was direct. And here's what her fleece was. If God wanted them to stay in Tampa for Sarah to graduate, if that's what he had planned for their lives and not move to the Middle East, then Sarah would be invited to sing in this elite show choir at her high school. Very hard to get in. Her mom even thought it was a long shot because auditions had already come and gone. <laughs> Imagine that laying your life out and, and, and the possibility of it is, is getting very slim and the auditions had already come and gone and she did not get a call back but then one day in the middle of the summer the phone rang and it was the choral director from the high school and he said Bridget we have a spot that opened up we were wanting to know if Sarah would like to change her school schedule around and, and be a part of this elite show choir at our school. Would she be interested in that? You can only imagine the feeling that came over this mom as she realized God heard her request, saw her fleece, and said, I will saturate that and everything else around it will be dry. Everything else will dry up but you'll know exactly what you need to do. They stayed in the United States. Don't you think for one second, Bridget, every time I see her, she comes to me and you ruined my dreams of working in the Middle East. And she jokes with me. She's, she's, she's quite a cut up, man. But she, she'll talk with me and just blame me for all that and as, as we cut up about it. But they stayed in the United States. 
That girl graduated high school, went on to attend Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. She studied telecommunications. Today she is married, met her husband on the job. He's also a reporter and she works for the CBS affiliate in Charlotte, North Carolina. Amazing. But God wasn't done with the mom either. After she was gone and she moved out, God later opened the door for the mom to work for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services working with Native American Indians in Montana. Out there by herself, just her and her dogs, living the dream. Listen to me. Don't be afraid to lay a fleece out before the Lord for direction, but have the courage to hear his voice when he answers because he will answer. If you make it specific and you say, God, here's my fleece, here's what I'm doing. I do this with everything in life. I was trying to make a decision the other day and I said, God, when I pull around this corner, I want to see a red cardinal in that tree. Red cardinal was not there. I didn't make the decision. You think, Rocky, you have lost your mind. I didn't take on more debt. Now who's winning? God's good, isn't he? God will direct your steps, but he's got to be invited in and you've got to be vulnerable, vulnerable enough to just listen and say, okay, God, I trust you. If he can part the Red Sea, if he can raise those from the dead, if he can bring water from a rock, if he can do all of these things, why don't you think that he can see your little request and answer it. He's able to do that for you. Stop jumping into decisions without consulting God and lay your fleece out and ask him to become very specific with it. And I promise you, he'll hear you and he'll answer you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person for service times and directions log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.